0: Hey, this is Pastor Matt McClure here from Takeover Church. And thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope it encourages you. We pray it blesses you. We pray it challenges you. And if you don't know, we have service every single Sunday at 10.30 a.m. And we would love for you and yours, your family and your friends, to come on out, experience church, be a part of all that God is doing through Takeover Church. But hey, we hope this blesses you. Have a great rest of your day. All right. Look at you, beautiful people. Look at you, beautiful people. Ah, you get better looking when you're closer together. It's fantastic. Secret tips. Be around good-looking people, and you yourself will be really good-looking. Oh, my gosh. Woo! See some Detroit Red Wings in the house this morning. Come on. Looking good like that. Went to the Griffins game last night for our community night. How good was community night? That was really cool. We lost uh, by two uh, in the end. But uh, hey, you know what? Setback's just a good comeback, you know what I'm saying? Come on, let's do that hockey. All right, who was ready for the word this morning? How good was worship this morning? Come on. Man, you don't need the fruit of the Spirit, gifts of the Spirit this morning to understand that the Holy Spirit was thick in this place. Everybody could see it. That was amazing. My Lord, thank you, Holy Spirit, for meeting with us, but... This morning we are starting a fresh series this morning called Lies from Below. Lies from Below. What the devil wants you to believe, but the truths that you need to know. Does that sound good? Yeah. All right, who's ready for the Word of God this morning? Come on, we, I do believe that we give the devil way too much credit for things that he's just being a butthead about. I think it's fair to say that the, the, the devil's a butthead, right? We're not going to call somebody else that that we respect, but like we talked about, light doesn't respect darkness. We don't respect the devil, and he is under our feet, Amen. Come on. I think we give him way too much credit. We spend too much time focusing on him. So when we start a series called Lies from Below, the idea here isn't to, uh, to highlight him or to make much of him, but to truly make much of the promises of God that eclipse him, that eclipse his power in our lives. And we're going to make him as small as he is. Amen. No, no, we, no amens to that. Yeah. Amen. All right. Asking for a Christian. It's good. All right. Fantastic. The title of my message this morning is this. Y'all ready? We're my note takers. Fantastic. The title of my message this morning is I Can't Beat This. I Can't Beat This. You'll probably see where I'm going. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 through 22 is where I'm going to be coming out of this morning. But have no fear, if you don't have your Bible or a readily available Bible app, it's going to be up here on the Sky Bible. Everybody say, hey, Sky Bible. Hey, Sky Bible. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 through 22, coming at you. You ready? No temptation has overtaken you that is not Common to man, God is faithful and He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, He will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak as a sense, I speak as to sensible people. Judge for yourselves what I say. The cup of blessing that we bless, it, is it not of participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body? body of Christ because there is one bread and we are many are one body for we all partake of the one bread verse 18 consider the people of Israel are not those who eat the sacrifices of participants in the altar Sac- eat the sa- sacrifices participants in the altar what do i imply then That's a lot to unpack. This is a scripture that I don't believe gets taught on a whole lot. I think that a lot of people just, you know what, we get a little scared, we get a little scared. Sometimes Paul's a little harsh, and it's, it's, it's hard to see the uh, forest or the trees, if you will, of the good news, but I promise you, this is incredible. This is significant to our lives, and if we can get this truth of this scripture on the inside of us this morning, the devil ain't going to have a foothold, he's not going to have an ear to listen to his lies, Amen. So we're going to pray, and we're going to see what the Lord will do. Amen? Fantastic. Father God, we just thank you so much for this morning. God, what an amazing morning so far, Father God. Amidst whatever our week has looked like, amidst whatever our morning has looked like, Father God, we know. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. Your Holy Spirit is in this place where two or more are gathered. There you are in the midst of us, God. We're so grateful for your presence because where your presence is, God, not only is your comfort and your peace, but there is your power. So, God, we know that the word of God is like a double-edged sword, that it splits bone from marrow, God, that it pierces the hardest of hearts. So, God, no matter where we find ourselves today, change us. We wanna look more like your son, Jesus. We're so grateful for your Holy Spirit. We're so grateful for who you are, God. We're so grateful that you saw fit, that you would come, that you would rescue, that you would willingly hang yourself on that cross for us, God. We wanna look more like that Jesus. So make us like you. In Jesus, my name, a faithful church said. I said, oh, faithful church said. Amen. Come on! Woo, all right. All right. Uh, I am espresso elated this morning. <laughs> I am hyped. It's going to be good. So I'm ready to preach it like I feel it. Will you go with me there? Is that okay? Is that okay? So we're in a brand new series, Lies from Below. Title of my message is I Can't beat this. And I don't know about you, I don't know how honest you planned on being at church this morning, which is kind of crazy to say in the first place, because if we have to measure, put into metrics, how honest we're going to be, that's an absolute insult to the word honesty, because there's either truth or there's a lie. There is no half-truths, there are no white lies, no matter what we are told as children, truth is truth or dishonesty is dishonesty, amen? So this morning, I don't know how, quote-unquote, honest you came to be with yourself or with Jesus this morning. This is a safe place for honesty. This is a safe place to to admit where you're struggling. It's a safe place because we believe that we have a helper. His name is Jesus. We believe that we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, and we believe that community is the right place for you to be no matter the season you find yourself in. So this morning, if I can just be honest, man, I have found myself In some places, in some spaces, in some moments in time where I felt overwhelmed, where I felt overcome, where I felt overtaken. Our name of church is takeover because we want to see Jesus take over our lives. But admittedly, as your pastor this morning, I have found myself at places in life where fear had overtaken me, where lying had overtaken me where dishonesty had overtaken me, where lust had overtaken me, where there are just things in my life that I felt like I couldn't beat. I felt like I couldn't get my head above the waves. I felt like I was so thick in my own smog, if you will, that I couldn't get my head up high enough to get some fresh air. I have found myself deep down in the thick of my own sin, at the end of my own rope, at the end of my own poor decisions, and inadequacies, shortcomings, where I truly believed, I have no idea how I'm going to beat this. I have no idea how I'm going to overcome this. I have no idea how this thing overtook me, and it overtook me quick. It just came over me Based off one decision that led to another decision that led to another decision. And finally I found myself in a place that I can't even begin to comprehend how I got here. All I know is, I don't know how I'm going to beat this. Am I alone? Am I alone this morning? You see, there's an incredible, incredible thing about our God that you need to know right off the bat before we start breaking down this piece of scripture and seeing what the Lord is saying here. It's this. No matter how deep, no matter how dark, no matter how grim it may appear to be, no matter how far gone you feel like you are, you have a God who still sits on the throne and that throne is above your sin, it's above your waves, it's above the smog that you've created It is above every single problem that you've created for yourself, every single lie that you fell for, every single sin that you've ever gone into, everything that you've ever fallen short in, his throne is still firmly placed above it, amen? So you need to know before we go any further this morning, no matter what your experience has been, however long or short with Jesus, you need to know this morning that our God is a God who always provides a path to victory. He always provides a path to victory. So here we have the Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul is an OG. He is an original gangster of the New Testament, okay? The only church you're going to hear that said at. He is an original gangster of the New Testament. Paul is uh, significantly responsible for the way that we do church now. The setup of services now. The worship team. The, the taking up of offering. The, the message being preached. All of these things. If you look in the scriptures beginning in Acts, you see his story through the rest of the, uh, of the books that he wrote. He is significantly responsible For literally what we're sitting in right now, Paul is the man. But before Paul was the man, Paul was Saul. Just a little quick edubication. I I make no mistakes that we are going to find ourselves in church on a Sunday. and, And forgive me if I feel like I have to always quantify or qualify, rather, who Paul is to you. But I don't ever want to make the mistake of thinking I'm just in a room full of Christians and already people who are saved and on their way to heaven. I want to make a place and a table for everybody in this room. So I want to let you know that Paul was originally Saul and he was this high-ranking Jewish officer and he was commissioned by Jewish law to actually go out and hunt down man's most dangerous game people to go and hunt down and persecute what were known as followers of the way at the time aka Christians that if anybody proclaimed their family their children no matter who they were if they proclaimed to be followers of Jesus at this time Paul's chief concern was not putting you on trial. No, 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 no. It was putting a rope around you, dragging you through the streets, beating you down, and ultimately stoning you to death. That's that's what Paul did. And then one day he is on his donkey... He is on a horse. He is is going about his merry little business, getting ready to go and take out more Christians. And the Holy Spirit, after Jesus had already gone, ascended to heaven, Jesus said, it's better to go. The Holy Spirit may come quickly. Holy Spirit appears to him, knocks Saul down off his donkey. And the rest is kind of history as Paul goes on this journey and ends up meeting Jesus as his own personal Lord and Savior. And it's at that point that Paul becomes alive in Christ and dead to the Jewish hierarchy. Alive in Christ, but dead to his previous sin. Alive in Christ and dead to the identity of being a murderer and a mercenary. It's at this moment that Saul went in the grave and Paul came out, amen? How many of us are, are, are incredibly grateful for a God like that? Come on. So here's Paul, and he's writing to the Church of Corinthians, and the Church of Corinthians... Man, they was messed up from the floor up, okay? They were jacked up. They were screwed up. They were every single thing besides following Jesus. Uh, They were a mess. I know, it's a church, right? They were messed up. They had allowed some things just to come into their people's lives, to come into the church, to to infiltrate their beliefs and determine how they praise and how they worship and and what they did with people and what they didn't do and what they allowed in. And it was crazy, so crazy that Paul had to write to them twice, (laughs) not once. Twice. At one point in time, Paul's like, yo, I'm coming, okay? I was writing, but now I'm coming, and we're going to see if you're full of anything other than hot air, which to me is like a bar, okay? Like, whoo, he's coming, because it's like, I'm going to find out if you got the Holy Spirit or you got a lot of hot air. Like, I'm going to find out what you were full of when I get there. See you at noon on Tuesday, okay? Paul ends up writing this letter, and it's in this that he is trying to correct Paul is trying to plead. Paul even says, I am speaking to sensible people. Have you ever been there before? where you're just like, I wish that you were just level-headed enough to see that what you're doing is a mistake. I feel like if you were in a better place right now, if your head was a little bit clear, we could have a sensible and reasonable conversation. You would see that change isn't just needed. It's necessary. Like, has anybody ever been there before? So that's what Paul is saying. He's beginning this letter. He's like, I am talking to sensible people. Please. I am pleading. I don't need the guy who's the most jacked up. I need the person to hear me who should be in leadership of this church right now, who's the least jacked up okay like you person that's who i'm writing to this is what i'm saying and paul begins this letter by saying there is no temptation that has overtaken you that god will not provide a path of victory out of so that you can endure it first things first friends you need to understand what a temptation is temptation is a lie by the enemy a temptation is a lie designed to get you to trust in something lesser than your god temptation is a lie that is the, that is a temptation is a lie that is designed to get you to trust in something that is less than Jesus that is less than God. Some of us we've been tempted before. We've been so overtaken by things in our lives that man, we have trusted our intimacy we have trusted our security we have trusted our peace in people in places in narcotics and in substances and all of these other things so many times in our lives as humans we are prone I think we all need to understand that we are on level playing field this morning okay we are all fragile we are all broken we have all had mishaps we are all prone to our old nature okay we're all prone to old sinful habits but thank God Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that I am better today than I was yesterday. Amen. Amen. And Paul says here is no temptation that you have been overtaken that your Lord will not provide you a path to victory for. So many times in this life, for some of us, man, we have believed a lie that was just like, you know, things aren't great at home, my marriage is on the rocks. Oh, there's this girl at the office, and it—it's it, not cheating, okay? Like, well, it's not cheating. Oh, it's just a drink after work. It's just coffee at lunch. I, I just—I just need to feel heard. I just feel the, be, i just feel the need to be needed right now. I just need to feel appreciated right now. And the temptation that we begin to buy into at the moment is that we begin to trust our marital needs. With someone who is not our God-given spouse, or someone that God is going to bring us as our God-given spouse, and we stop trusting God to provide a path to intimacy, instead we begin to trust our coworker to provide us that intimacy. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Some of us, myself included. Myself included. I've been so overcome by fear in my life of not having enough, of not being provided for enough, of not having enough coming in, of having people who said they were going to be there for me and then bailed on me, people who were going to sow into something and then bailed on sowing into it. And I've had it come up where, you know what, it didn't come up red this time. And I felt fear and I felt insecurity. And I had doubt that God was going to provide a clear path to victory. So with that fear and with that doubt, you go into business for yourself and, and it starts off with looking for all these other ways that you can make money, right? And then as those don't turn up red either, as nothing comes to fruition there, as somebody laughs at your Facebook message when you say, Hey, sew so into this thing, pour into this thing. Whatever it may look like for you, suddenly we start trusting. In our own ability. We the temptation, we begin to trust in ourselves, a lesser God than our big G, God Jesus Christ. We start trusting in Matt McClure to provide for himself when God is saying, just trust me. I knew they were gonna bail. I knew things were gonna go south. I knew the job thing wasn't gonna come to fruition. You don't need to steal, you don't need to you don't need to strive, you don't need to get on your hashtag side hustle. Trust me. For some of us, maybe it's not marriage. Maybe it's not your purity that you struggle with trusting God with. Maybe it's not having enough. Maybe it's anger. Maybe you don't trust God to, to take care of things. You're, you have a bloodlust for justice, but God is saying, no, it's my justice, not yours. What the enemy wants to do, the lie he wants to tell, what is happening in the generation in the world and in this very city right now is a temptation that he wants you to begin to put your hope and put your trust and put your faith in a lesser thing than your God, in a lesser idol, in a lesser king in a lesser provider, in yourself, in your spouse, in someone else. And what begins to happen is you begin to trust in something that God created over the creator. Doesn't matter if it's pills, to bring you peace, to bring you clarity, to cool you down, to give you a good night's sleep. Some of us this morning, you just need to trust God and go to bed. You just need to trust God. And go to bed. Doesn't matter if it's a bottle. Some of us, we've elevated our spouse to a place that's meeting our needs where only God was intended to meet our needs. We have begun to chase after significance. For some of us this morning, man, we come from places that we're not proud of. We come from people that we are ashamed of. And we live a life right now going, if I could just get beyond this, if I could move to this city, if I could get this job, if I could attain this, if I could have all of this, then I would have worth. Then I could erase my history. Then I could have some significance. We're chasing significance trying to obtain something rather than finding our significance in the one who attained us. And what begins to happen here, church, what begins to happen here, church, is that we begin trusting in something less than God to meet our needs. Paul says something else Brilliant in this message that I think for many of us when I read that scripture, if it's your first time hearing it, or maybe you've read it a thousand times, I don't know. But one of the things I think that it's really easy to miss is in the first part of it, Paul says, there is not a temptation that has overtaken you that is not common to man. That is not common to man. We read that and we just we just think that that is a transitional statement, that's a transitional sentence, that's to get to this deeper, harsher word, but what we're missing is the grace in the word common, the truth in the word common. What Paul is trying to say here is that we are all broken, fragile people who have messed up things in our lives. What has come at you, what has overtaken you, the depression that you feel, the anxiety that you're ridden with, the fear that you're experiencing, the lack That has come to your life, all of these things—the lust, whatever it is—it's common to man because the lie that the devil wants you to believe here. And if you've ever dealt with sin, you know this is just me. Oh, I can't—I can't tell Pastor Matt. I can't tell that's a Pastor Adrian. I can't show up to my life group or my life crew or my small group or my Bible study. I can't show up here like this. I can't call Nate like this. No, no, no. This is uniquely me. This is my sin. I'm so depraved. I can't tell that person. Imagine what they'll think of me. I can't tell that person. Imagine what they'll think of me. I can't tell Kyle. Imagine what he'll think of me. I can't tell Rusty, imagine what he'll think of me. And what the devil begins to do is to get you so far inside your head to think that what you struggle with, what you are going through, the struggle bus that you find yourself going down Struggle Street that you're walking alone, and what you are dealing with is significantly, it is separate unto yourself. This is rare unto you. You're the only person that's this much a mess. You're the only person that doesn't have this area together, and your friends and your family and your church and your workplace, they won't understand stand. You will be ostracized. You will be cast out as a leper. The devil wants you to get so far in your head in the stronghold that Paul is tearing down right here. And what I believe God is telling to this church right now, whatever you're going through, it's common. It's common. It's not significant unto you. It's just where you're at. It's not uniquely designed to you. It's just where you're at. It doesn't matter if you got murder in your heart right now. It doesn't matter if you got lust going on. It doesn't matter how overcome or surrendered to a way of life or sin that you have been or the duration of it. It's not uncommon. Paul isn't saying it's not uncommon. Oh, well, you know, we've we've heard some people struggle with that. So you're in a unique brunch. No, 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 no. Paul doesn't say there's a few of you. Paul doesn't say there's a few of us that struggle with that. Paul is saying it's common. It's common. There is power in community, friends, because here it is. Here is is something I need you to leave with here today. What if the devil can get you to be alone, if he can get you to put your sin in a place of lordship in your life, where your sin begins to determine where you go and what you don't do, the prayers you pray or you don't pray, the people you find yourself with or don't find yourself with, what you say or you don't say or what you do or what you don't do. If he can get you to elevate your sin as a determining factor in your life, he can get you to isolate yourself. And what happens when you isolate is What you isolate for, you idolize. What you isolate for, you make an idol out of. What you isolate for, you make an idol out of. When you begin to put your depression, your depression, Hear me, church. Your depression stunts and stops you from being found in a place of community to being around Jesus' followers. When depression stops that, you have elevated depression to a place of lordship in your life where something broken like that has never been intended to be. Now, pause. We are a church that believes in mental illness. That just like you can have a broken foot, you can have a broken mind. I definitely understand that there is grace, there is empathy, and there are amazing doctors and nurses and, and counselors that we are all for, that we are all about, that we understand that in between Jesus here and Jesus making you complete, that there is a need for doctor and for counsel and for confession and all of these things. I am here for that, friends. But just like if you had a broken leg, you wouldn't abstain from being found at a Bible study where people could pray for you? Same with a broken mind. Amen. Amen. What you isolate for, you idolize in your life. What you isolate for, you make an idol out of. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Here's a scripture. We're going to put it up on the screen. I wasn't planning on it, but we're going to. James 5.16 says this, the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. He says, right here, therefore confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayers of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Pause. You know what that means? Side note. What that means is some of us We need to quit trusting our sin to people that don't have Jesus. The prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. If your friends don't have Jesus, they ain't righteous. The only reason we're righteous is because we have Jesus. We have been made the righteousness of Christ. So if they ain't got Jesus, they ain't righteous. And if they ain't righteous, they ain't got no power. So all we're doing, misery loves company, baby. One of the biggest lines, one of the most well-known phrases, misery loves company. Why would I be found in a group of people who don't have the answer? Why would I bring my depression, my anxiety, my lack, my need, my lust to people who are living lives like that freely when I'm trying to get free? Friends, the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. And I'm calling for this church to be made up of people that are going to be found a community of righteousness because there's power and it's effective and it is able to do exceedingly above all that we can ask, dream, or imagine. Just like misery loves company, freedom is bred in community. Freedom is bread in community. So Come on, church, this is helping anybody this yeah. morning. Freedom is bread in community. Community with who? Jesus and the church. That's right. The prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. What we isolate for, we will make idols out of. No matter what your sin is, whatever you've struggled with, whatever lie you have believed about yourself, whatever identity you have taken on, whatever has eclipsed the word of God in your life, whatever place of brokenness that you resonate the most from that I've said, this lying, this cheating, this stealing, if you got murder in your heart towards somebody in your past, they just hurt you in such a significant way that here you are at 25 or at 54 that you just can't move past up no matter what it has looked like for you, no matter what lie from below, you have beliefs. Come on, church. Don't you dare isolate yourself. When you isolate yourself, you make an idol out of that thing. Paul would go on to say this. It's common. It's common. But your God provides you a path to victory. A path to victory. First of all, you need to understand The only way you can be deceived, which is a lie, is if there's a deceiver. And if there's one thing we know about our God, he ain't the deceiver. A lot of people, they misquote this part of scripture. Oh, oh, God will never give you more than you can handle. That's actually where this comes from. And that's not what it says. That's a lie. God gives you tons of things, just so you know, out of context from this piece of scripture, tons of things that you can't handle so that you have to rely on him. But in this context, in this scripture, context brings clarity. He says, no, 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 no. There is not a temptation that you have been so overtaken by that I will not provide you a way out of. I didn't bring the temptation, but that temptation is still under my feet. That temptation is still under my hand. My word, my name, the Son, Jesus, His name is still greater than lust. It's still greater than murder. It's still greater than anything that you've ever believed. It's still greater than however many people you've slept with. It doesn't matter. The name of Jesus is still higher, is still mightier, and He can still provide you a path to victory. It's a clear path to victory. It's a clear path to victory. This morning, I don't know where you are, but maybe that's you. Maybe you have desperately felt, I can't beat this. But our God says, no, 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 no. It doesn't matter how long you have been overtaken by this. I can provide you a clear path of victory. On your best day, you can't get there. On your spouse's best day, they can't get you there doesn't matter what you're dealing with your girlfriend your boyfriend whoever it is that you rely on you cannot get that from them only i can provide you a clear path to victory well matt back that up i will watch this next piece of scripture y'all ready for this Yep. Ready. he says this in verse 14 therefore my beloved flee from idolatry what you idol, what you isolate for you will make idols out of flee from idolatry That thing that you've just turned into a monument that you now worship, the second you begin to submit your life fully to that sin, the second you begin to submit your life fully to whatever that, that lie is that was spoken over you, you're not good enough, you're not talented enough, you're not beautiful enough, your voice ain't good enough. Whatever lie that you have taken on as your identity, Paul is saying, flee from all idolatry. What you isolate, what you isolate for, you will make idols out of. Paul is saying, flee, run, Cut and run. Oh, what if I hurt her feelings? We've been having sex for this long and we're out of marriage and we're not together. It's just really bad, but I can't help it. No, no, no. Flee. Yeah. Block number, young guys, young girls. Block number. Isn't that cold? Flee. Cold? Maybe. But this is your soul. This is who you are. This is life and life to the full. And whether you experience that or not, flee. Oh, man, just, I know I, got, I went too far in, in the workplace and things got just out of hand and, and I don't want to lose this. And I don't want to go here and flee. Quit that job. If you're doing that in righteousness, God's going to provide another one, flee. And just while I'm on the topic, if we do have something that we need to confess to our spouse, Part of fleeing from that idol is uh, confessing it to our spouse. You need to bring truth to that matter. Here's this watch this. I speak as to sensible people. <laughs> I speak to sensible people. Next time, I'm just like, why don't they understand? I'm like, I speak to sensible people. If you're not sensible, we ain't not have this conversation. So he says this, the cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the blood, uh, body of Christ? Because there is one bread, and we who are many are one body. We all partake of the one bread. That means this, friends. Again, what we end up submitting our lives to, what we end up submitting our lives to, that determines the cup that we drink from our God. He's a jealous God. There is only one supply. If you need that intimacy meter on your, on your heart fulfilled, you got one cup to drink from. If you need to have finances and financial needs met, you have one bread to break from. If you're a son of daughter of the most high God in here today, as you find yourself under fire from the enemy, there are lies being spoken to you, and you just need to know the truth of who you are. Come and partake from the table of the Lord. There is one cup for you. There is one bread for you, you don't need to participate in any other cup, any other bread, or any other table. Your Lord is enough for you. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Is this is helping anybody. Yes. What happens when we begin to when we begin to drink from a lesser cup? When we begin to eat of a lesser bread, when we begin to take on a lesser truth a lie, is that we begin to make agreements with that cup. We, get, we, get to begin, we begin to make agreements at that table that we're found at. I agree with you, lesser God, whatever you are, Nancy, Rebecca, James, Tyler, money, pornography, whatever it is, I agree right now because I am partaking of this cup that you are better at meeting my needs than my God is. Person on the computer doing those things, meeting my sexual needs. I agree and I submit right now that you are better at meeting my intimacy needs than my God is right now. Friends, we who are many, we have one cup, we have one bread, because we are of one body. That is the body of Christ, and his blood is what we participate in. His body is what we participate in. There is one table that we are all welcome to come, because he is the supplier, Amen? amen? But what ends up happening is when we drink from these other cups and we eat from this other bread is we begin to make an identity out of. We used to eat at this table as a son and a daughter, but when I step out on my wife at my workplace and I trust this cup, suddenly I'm not eating at a table where I'm a son and I'm a daughter. I'm making an agreement over here that I'm an adulterer and I'm a cheater, that I'm a liar, that I'm someone whose fear has running rampant in my life, that I'm less than what my God says that I am that I'm living less than what he paid for on the cross, that he brought me significance and he brought me freedom and I can trust him with every single need under the sun, every season of lack. I can trust in him because I've got one cup and I've got one body and they were spilled and broken for me so that I don't have to be. They are my completion, Amen? amen? He says this, verse 20. No, I imply that pagans sacrifice, they offer to demons and not to God. I don't want you to participate with demons. You cannot drink from the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Shall we provoke the Lord of jealousy? Are we stronger than he is? Worship team, you can begin to make your way back up here. Are we stronger than he is? Paul making it very clear. I think when we read this, I think that when we read this, sometimes we're like, that sounds really harsh. Sometimes we want to hear like, yeah, I'm on a journey and I'm trying to figure it out. And that's a lot. And we start to, we start to placate ourselves and we start to try and self-soothe ourselves. And there's a part of being immature where self-soothing is a part of the process. But how many of you know at a certain point, a child does have to rely on their parents. At a certain point, there has to be a little bit of fatherly intervention in your life, motherly intervention in your life. And you have to be told some things and you have to be shown some things and you have to be helped along in some things. And this is Paul doing his best at this moment to help along. And he is saying, you can't double cup this. It's not good. It's not out of judgment that he says this. It's not out of putting you in your place that he says this. He's not Bible-thumping to say this. He's not trying to bring down the hammer when he's saying this. He's saying you've got a race to run. You've got a life to lead. You've got a call on your life. You've got a family to have, a marriage to have, a call to make much of. You've got an impact and a legacy that you're called to make and you're called to leave. And what you are doing right now. It's preventing the, the maximum impact, the maximum legacy that you can leave behind. There's more to you than two cups. You can always come to this table. You could always drink from this cup. Those lies that you've believed, he's always provided you a path to victory. I don't care where you're at this morning. He says flee because you have the power by the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, the blood that's covered you, the body that was broken for you, you've got the power. I wish someone would say, I got the power. I got the power. Some of us, we find ourselves and we are on a clear, unhibited, unhindered path to adultery. But on that path to drink out of that cup at that table, your God has provided you a clearer path to victory. Some of us, we are on a clear path to a table seated, provided for, curated to your specific brand of lust that you've subscribed to for so long. And God is saying, I have made a clear path to victory. It hasn't overtaken you. There's a clearer path. It's over here. Some of us, man, daily, you were just on. You guys can bring it down a little bit. I need the worship team to hear this, especially as artists. We are on a clear path more days than you can remember of depression. Of anxiety, we find ourselves on a clear path to a table where the cup we're about to drink of is full of suicidal thoughts and ways of suicidal outcomes. And God is saying, I have provided you. It may look muddy. You may not be able to see among the haze that you've created for yourself, but trust in my word. Trust in my voice. I am close. I am whispering step by step. Come on, church. There's a clear path. Walk by faith and not by sight. Walk by faith and not by feelings. I'm sick and tired. Of seeing another Facebook post, another Instagram post, another GoFundMe page where we're going and we're coming around another family because a child has taken their life. There's a clear path to victory. And we're called as a church, we're going to be the proprietors. We're going to be the ones to bring that clear path. We're going to be ones to speak it. If that's where you are today, I wanna tell you, no matter what table you have been on a path to eat at and to drink at, your God, He has gone before you. He has prepared a space for you with a table full of His love, full of His peace, full of His purpose. If you feel like you're on a path to where you can't beat this, I got news for you. He already did. Would you guys stand up? We're going to get ready to worship our faces off. As the worship team just begins to to lead us in worship, we got our key leader, Zach, who's up here for church news. He's in the back praying over people. If you need prayer, go see Zach. We're here for you. We're with you in it. And we're going to believe for miracles in this moment. but no matter what path you've been on. You see, Scripture interprets Scripture, and when people read this and they see harshness, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This is not a condemning Scripture. This is not a harsh scripture. This is a stiff drink of truth this morning. And maybe some of us, to get us on a clear path to victory, we need to drink from that stiff cup today. And we need to see that God has more for our marriage. He's got more for our single season. He's got more for our finances. More than just lack. More than just a need. More than what your history has told you. He wants to rewrite that thing. You serve a God that's cup overflows with grace and love and mercy for you no matter what lie you've believed. You believe or how long you've paid attention to or how long you've been walking in that. His body was still broken for you and his blood was still shed for you and you can always come home. So with every head bowed and eye closed in this place, as the worship team begins to sing right now, we're just gonna begin to lean into God. Right now, we're all going to lift up our heart. Come on, church, start singing along. Come on, worship team, start leading us. We're going to start lifting up inside of us right now, God. If I have been sitting at a table that is lesser than you, if I have been making idols out of my sin, if I've been making idols out of my spouse, if I've been making idols out of substances, God, God, right now I'm returning to your table. God, open up my eyes. If I can't see it, show me a clear path to victory. Show me a clear path to restoration. Show me a clear path to the redemption God. I want you. I want truth from above not lies from below. Right now God we're singing. Come on. Your cup is greater. Come on, church. One sound. Let's raise it up. At the best